Okay, we are here. Had a little technical glitch. Happens every once in a while. Need a little more AI over here. No, we just need a little more I. <laughs> That'll get us done. Hey, thanks for joining me today. We're in a series. It's called a series on hope. And hope is important. Hope to the soul is like gasoline to your car. You might have the most wonderfulest, beautifulest, magnificentalist car in the world. But if you have no gas, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to sit in the driveway. Gas is the fuel to get that car moving so you can enjoy it. And hope is the fuel to get your life moving so you can enjoy it. funny how the government wants to take away your fuel. They also want to take away your hope. Wow. That just gave us a revy right there. Because our hope is spiritual. That's what we're talking about today. Spiritual hope. Think about it. How difficult life would be if we had nothing to look forward to. Think of... In other words... No anniversaries, no birthdays, no graduations. No nothing. No weddings. No ball games. No trophies. Nothing. If life was just day after day after day, how boring would that life be? And that boringness would add difficultness as well. Ah, I like the way I'm making up all these words today. And now, to make matters worse, to go through life without the security that God offers through His Son, that really makes life difficult. Life is tough enough having godly security. But when you don't have godly security, that's really difficult. And sadly, many people live that way. They live, with, they live their lives without security in God, and they're content to do so. They contend. It's like sitting on a time bomb and, okay, no problem, I'm comfortable. What? Don't get too comfortable. That's why hope is so important. And what we've seen so far in the series is that, number one, hope begins with faith. Faith is the foundation of hope. Okay? Faith in Christ. That's where hope comes from. Secondly, we noted, we, take, we took a look at the anchor. Hope is our anchor. And what does an anchor do? It keeps the ship steady. The stabilizing factor of your life is hope which comes from faith. Okay? Very simple truth. The stabilizing factor of your life is hope which comes from faith. Today, We're going to learn again about hope and how hope saves. The hope that saves. Now you might say, oh, I know about salvation. Bring me to deeper waters. But I would say, does your life depict one who has been saved by faith, redeemed by the blood, called by his spirit, walking in his truth, 
and serving in his kingdom. If so, great. Great. But I'll tell you what, if any of these are missing, we would do well to master them first rather than drown in deeper waters. If you can't stand in the shallow, how can you swim in the deep? So, because salvation brings a transformation of not only the soul, but the life, let's see how it works. You see, here's the great thing about the Christian life. It's really about the soul. But when the soul is right, the life is right. And a lot of, I think a, there's, there's a misdirection in the modern church today where people are taking Christianity and they're making it about the life instead of the soul. A better life here, a better life there, here a life, there a life, everywhere a better life, right? But it's really, no, see, the, the better life is the fruit of a healthy soul. It's not the goal. The goal of Christianity is not to have a better life. The goal of Christianity is to have a healthy soul. And when you have a healthy soul, you have a better life because you have resources. The real you is your soul. And that's why when you die, the body's going in the ground and the soul is going up. It's going up to be with God. So let's take a look at how hope saves, okay? We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and verse 24. For in hope, there it is, we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees, right? That makes sense. So you don't hope for something you see. You know, you drive into a, a store parking lot, right? And you say, oh, I hope I can find a parking space. You're hoping for a parking space because you don't see any. But once you see, oh, there's one. Once you see a parking space, you don't hope for it anymore because you see it. So hope is not needed and you go in. Okay. And then somebody tries to take it and you cut them off. <laughs> Kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. So this is why intellectuals have a hard time with Christianity because they want to see first and then they'll believe. But God says, no, if you believe, then you'll see. So again, what did Paul say? In hope, we have been saved. Hope that is seen is not hope, but who hopes for what he has. So we're saved in hope because it's faith that makes it work because we can't see what we're hoping in. The King James says that we are saved by hope. Sometimes I like the King James Bible. But wait a minute. Didn't, didn't Paul say earlier? He said in Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified, oh, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if I'm justified by faith, how am I saved by hope? That's a good question. This is how it works. Where faith ends, hope begins. Okay? Now, we talked about this at the beginning of the series. Faith is the foundation of hope. So faith kicks in, and then hope takes over. Faith brought us to Christ. Hope now 
carries us through life. Hope is the certainty of heaven. You like that? I do. I like the certainty of heaven. I'm not certain about too many things, but I'm certain about heaven. Oh, yeah. You're not taking that away from me because God promised it. Hope, therefore, also is the stability on earth. Remember the anchor? It's an anchor of hope. Keeps us stable in the storm. You want to be stable? You need hope. Hope, the word elpis, it means certainty, guarantee. Okay? That's what it means. So Paul said, if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. That's right. We're hoping because we don't see it. In other words, we have certain, we have a certain expectation of being in heaven, but we don't see it, but we persevere and we wait eagerly until we get there. Okay. Think of, um, I got some crazy analogies. I don't know if they're any good, but we'll see. You're standing in line. I remember going to a, a Jesus culture concert in Boston. And we stood out line. We stood outside in line. It must have been like two hours. I'm like, really? I wasn't expecting that. And then you finally get inside and you stood for another hour waiting for them to start. Three hours of standing. What was that? That was hoping for what we did not see, but persevering, eagerly waiting for it. That's what that was. We weren't there. We didn't see it. But we persevered because we had hope. Now, when I was younger, we went to a concert and there were chairs on the stadium floor. And that was nice. But I don't know what happened. They took out the chairs. There's no more chairs on these concerts. So you wait outside for an hour or two, standing up. Then you wait inside for an hour, waiting. And then when the show begins, you're standing up through the whole thing. I, you know, you know what I said? This is my last one. <laughs> this is my last concert. Forget it, man. I ain't doing this anymore. Four hours or five hours of standing up like, nah, I don't, I'll get the CD. <laughs> so anyway, the point is we hope for what we do not see, but with perseverance, we wait for it. Okay. So we don't see heaven but we're waiting for it, and that gives us stability while we're living our life here on the earth. Okay? So let me ask you a question. How saved are you? I'm going to tell you how saved you are. You are entirely saved. Okay? You're saved from the guilt of sin. You're saved from the punishment of sin. Now, you're not saved from the consequences or the penalty. You know, there are consequences for our actions. But we're saved from the judgment of God regarding those sins. Okay? One of our deliverances is found in Romans 6.14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. So we're saved from the power of sin where we can actually draw near to God and say no to sin. You can do that should you choose and should you discipline yourself and grow spiritually. Okay, so let's address the sin that plagues you. 
It is no uncommon thing that though sin has been atoned for through the blood of Christ, it still rears its ugly head in our lives. Right? It's like an enemy, which it is, it seeks to overtake. So, we have victory over sin, but it's still a reality. It's still there. Let's go back to the Old Testament. There was a time when five kings fought against Joshua in Joshua chapter 10. And after their armies were defeated by Joshua, the kings ran into a cave to hide. And in Joshua 10.25, Joshua said unto them, unto his people, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do all do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Notice he said, God is fighting with you. It's so important to remember. And afterward, Joshua smote them, so he defeated the armies of the kings and slew them and went into the caves, got the kings, hung them on five trees. And they were hanging on trees until the evening. And it came to pass at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded, and they took them down off the trees, cast them into the cave where they were hiding, and laid great stones over the cave's mouth, which remained until the day of that writing. So what's he saying? He's saying that he defeated the armies of the kings, but the kings were still around. And then ultimately, he defeated the kings. So, Christ has defeated the power of sin, but it's still around. You know, it's still, don't think, you know, you're in a place where there'll never be temptation to sin. It's still there. But now we have choices because we have the divine spirit inside of us. By God's grace, we'll never be satisfied until all of our natural inclinations to sin are destroyed. And that'll happen when our salvation is complete. And when will it be totally complete? When we arrive in heaven. It's called ultimate sanctification. Body, soul, and spirit arrive in heaven. There are three levels of sanctification. Okay? When we're set apart by God at the moment of salvation. Okay? We're sanctified by God. Set apart. We belong to him. You could call that now being chosen. We're chosen after salvation. There's experiential sanctification. As we go through life, we're being conformed to the image of Christ. There's positional sanctification, where in God's eyes, we're already like Christ, perfect. And then there's ultimate sanctification body, soul, and spirit arrive in heaven. And that's when we'll, we will be fully experiencing the redemption of Christ with a body, soul, and spirit all reunited in the presence of God, separated from this world forever, always to be with the Lord. So when I say complete salvation, I don't mean we're not totally saved. I just mean that, hey, it's finished. We arrive in heaven. Okay? And won't that be heaven? 
Won't that be heaven when there's no temptation? Won't that be heaven where there's nothing coaxing you to do things that can ruin you? Because evil temptations have one thing in mind, to ruin you. They go after the unbeliever, they go after the believer, you name it. They go after people. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, right? There are demonic forces in the world that seek to ruin the lives of people. They seek to destroy us and to steal the life from us. They want to steal your life. They want to ruin it. That's why our hope is set in heaven. And Paul said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Keep looking up. This is our hope. So let me finish today by noting three aspects of this hope. Okay? There's number one, belief. There's number two, desire. And number three, expectancy. All right? Let's see how these things work out. Belief. Belief is the assurance that the blood of Christ has redeemed us from sin. It's redeemed us from its power and from its penalty. See, belief is powerful. It certainly is. The Bible says something, and boom, you believe it. And it has an effect on you. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 1.18, you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life. In other words, there's nothing you could amass to earn your salvation. But here's how you were redeemed, with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. That's what Peter's saying. Now, let me ask you, do you believe that? If you do, you are in a safe place. If you reject it, you are still in darkness and lost. Oh, how great is that darkness when you think it's light? Most of the world lives in darkness and they're like, I can see. What do you mean I'm in darkness? I can see. Because our eyes can adjust to the darkness. You ever get up in the middle of the night? It's dark, but then little by little, you can focus and you can find your way to the bathroom, right? You can see. But it's, you don't get around as good if, as if you were in the light. But you can still get around. And that's how most people are living their lives today. They're getting around, getting by, but not living life till the fullest. And if they think they are, how great is that darkness when you think it's light? You have nothing to compare it to, so you think that you're in a good place. Somebody eats peanut butter every day for years and years, and they think, I'm okay. I'm not hungry, because they have nothing to compare it to. But let's compare it to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> hey, man, you want a chicken sandwich? You want a chicken salad? You want a chicken dinner? All of a sudden, oh, you mean there's a better way to eat? I don't have to be stuck with peanut butter every day. There's other things. Yeah. What happened? The darkness became light. That's what happened. Where do I get all these analogies? I don't know. They just keep coming. <laughs> Number two, after belief is desire. Desire comes when we get a glimpse of Christ and we long 
to be with him. See, when we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it increases our desire to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I call that momentum. You know, once you get momentum, things move along faster, right? You know, it's like exercising at the gym. It's tough to get started. And after, in the first few times, your muscles ache and they hurt. And you're like, oh, why do I do this to myself? But you know what? A month later, you're feeling stronger. You're feeling better. You're more energized. And all of a sudden, you long. You have a desire to keep it up. And the pain has gone away. So suddenly, seeing tomorrow is not as desirous as seeing our king. We find ourselves not living so much for this life, oh, but living for the life to come. Desire. The desire for Christ. It grows. The more you know, the more that desire will increase. And those that don't know, they have no desire. And Christians that don't want to learn, the desire is minimal. They're very happy with the earth, with this world. They're very happy like the prodigal was in the pig pen until he got hungry. They're okay. They adjust. They adapt. So we've got belief. Then we grow. That leads to desire. And then expectancy. Expectancy. Hope becomes a reality. And we sing with David as he sang in Psalm 27.4. One thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. What a beautiful song, written by a man that wants to see God. So you see, we believe it, we desire it, and we expect it. This is the hope that we're saved in. It's not just and act in a moment of time. But it's one that guides us all the way into eternity. That's what hope does. Hope is a constant that keeps us assured in Christ. And remember, faith is the chain that connects us to the anchor of hope. So you want to build your faith. And faith comes what? By hearing the Word of God, like you're doing right now. You're building your faith. So therefore, I can now rejoice with Paul when he said in Romans 8.38, I like this verse. I hope you do too. And I hope it's true about you. For I am convinced. Are you convinced? I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, not even things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the question. Am I convinced as Paul is? Am I convinced that there's nothing in creation above me, below me, bigger than me, stronger than me, 
that can separate me from God's love. And you see, even yourself, you cannot even yourself stop God from loving you. You can't do it. Nothing can. Now, this is how we go through life. God's love toward me is constant. And therefore, whether I'm doing really well or not, sometimes not doing that bad or that good, his love is constant. He's still there. And when life is 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 tricky and there's turmoil and turbulence, I got an anchor. It's called hope. Hope is an expectancy of things that I cannot see, but I believe them to be true. That's hope. I can't see Jesus in the flesh, but I believe him to be true. I can't see heaven. I can barely see above the trees, but I believe it to be true. And these are the things that keep me steady in this life, whether it's smooth sailing or whether it's stormy waters. Steady as she goes. That's what hope does. Okay? So do you see how important hope is? And we don't want to take it for granted. That's why we want to build our faith, right? And make that chain strong. That's what we want to do. Because the stronger the chain, the the greater the grasp we have on hope. I don't know about you, but I like that one. Maybe I think I needed to hear that one, because sometimes, you know, not that you doubt, but you, you need that little prodding to say, yes, just keep on keeping on. Persevere. That's the key word in the Christian life. Not roll over and play dead. Persevere. And it's through hope, as Paul said, that we persevere. Get the Word of God. Let's help other people get the Word of God, too. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. It's all there. All the information. You can read all about it. We are at our 500th podcast. 500 podcasts we have out there for the world's delight. Be part of a team that's spreading the word. Spreading the word of God so people can have the hope that they need in this life. Thank you for coming along. Support us. Join us. We'll see you next time.